So my message this morning um, stems from a few challenges that I've been facing over the last three weeks where my character were placed in a very vulnerable position at work. So <laughs> I was anonymously reported and the accusation was so superficial and really it lacked so much soundness. But you know, such things are very serious in, a co in the corporate world. When someone comes in, anonymously accuse you of something, there needs to be an investigation done. Amen. So, being a child of the Lord, I was so confused. Where is this stemming from? Where is all this coming from? And it was almost like, you know, that the accuser wanted to find flaw with the messenger in order to justify their disobedience. And um, anyway, on the day that we found out I was, that I was now confronted with these accusations, I felt so betrayed. And um, I'm sharing this because maybe some of you are going through a similar you should, might not be at work, but you know, maybe you can connect with us. But um, I'm sharing this because the Lord just came through for me. So yes, I, I felt betrayed because in the person that I am, my aim is always to build trust relationships. Um, we know when I, when I say I will be there at 7 o'clock, you can take my word for it. When you say to me, this is what I'll do, I can take your word for it. And I always encourage two-way open communication. This is just the person who I am. So all this was just so, it just brought so much concern and uncertainties um, on me. You know, where, where, my, where my character, my, my character, my reputation sort of is now being questioned <laughs> so I had this conversation with my boss and I was so angry guys I pour out my heart and my eyes literally you know where you're so angry where you cry and you know you don't, we don't cry in front of our bosses because it makes us look weak nah. but I just could not help myself and um, I poured out my heart and I, I told my boss how I was so disappointed in the leadership of the business. Because, um, you know, when they came to me to tell me about this, this accusation that is against me, it was almost like they already made up their minds before the investigation took place. And I was like, what? Um, I, I gave it to my boss that day, guys. I, and I thought, you, I'm playing with my job here. <laughs> but I gave, you know, I was like, but I do this and I do that and I, I, I. And I, I felt disappointed because I, I'm expected to execute a job, but now that is worked against me. I was disappointed that values in, you know, you know, most we always have values and leadership charters and, and all those nice things at work. But I was disappointed uh, because it made me realize that this was now no longer 
It's not loved, but it looked nice on paper. It looked nice on corridors. It looked nice on walls. But it was not really loved in us as people. I was disappointed because I felt that everything that we stand for or that we portray we stand for in the business now became a lip service to me. There was no, no soundness in it. I was so angry to a point that I requested my boss to set up a meeting with his boss because I wanted to tell him a bit of my mind. I was there. So you can imagine his boss is the MD of the company. And um, I wanted to tell his boss everything that I do for the staff. Does it sound familiar, guys, when you want to tell someone what you do for them? We find it in our families also, where you, you feel like, you know what, I do so much, but the more I give, the more you want. Huh? Is it, doesn't it sound familiar? I wanted to, to show them in and tell them that how I encourage open communication. I wanted them to know that I think their value system and their, their leadership charter was nothing but looking good on paper. I was at that point. I felt the need to defend my reputation with the leadership at work. I wanted them to know that they never gave me the benefit of the doubt because they never asked me my side of the story. Hmm? They just come, so me, these are the accusations against you. But just in the manner in which they come, you know, it's like guilty. They already decided on the verdict. I was so disappointed because it was, my, my character has been placed in a vulnerable position and I felt that it was based on a coward's allegations. Because if you are courageous, you would come and, you know, not do this anonymous. Because the fact that it's anonymously, it said to me that it was a coward. Anyway, on my way home, I had a long talk with the Lord. I was so confused. And I said, Lord, I need your guidance in all of this. I need your guidance because now you guys can hear it's I, me. I, I wanted, I wanted, I wanted. And I said, and I was so clouded in my mind with all this that I want. And I just took a step back and I said, Lord, I need your guidance. I was so down in my spirit that I felt that because I always felt that I had the best interest of my people, you know, at heart. For them to do such a coward um, act against me anyway I came to the prayer meeting that Wednesday night and pastor said that he had a need to, um, to speak to the people and you know what pastor prayer meeting is prayer meeting it's non-negotiable so that Wednesday pastor said you know what it's like Holy Spirit is saying you must just speak to us and pastor was sharing on Enoch and how you walked with the Lord and how Enoch was no more. We find it in Genesis 5 verse 24, which says, And Enoch walked with the Lord, and he was not, for God took him. Enoch himself disappeared while walking with God, because his life was completely given. It refers to how Enoch became invisible in self. Uh, so that God himself 
could be formed in him. Pastor uttered words like, whatever you face is not about you, but trusting God in your process. I was like, hmm? He also mentioned that how our rule in life does not depend on our circumstances and where we find ourselves and how we don't need to be affirmed by people, but our affirmation comes from him. He also made an example of how uh, Jesus, despite being mistreated, mocked, falsely accused, uh, he remained without reputation and did not want the need to say who he really was. So when I left, all the questions that I had in my heart was answered. And I knew that God commanded me at that moment to be still and to trust him as the Lord of my life. Because I say I love a surrendered life unto God. I say that I submit to his lordship. So he wanted me to trust him and to be still in that moment of my weakness. So um, the following morning, remember I already asked my boss now to set up the meeting. The meeting. Um, I had to send my boss a message to say to inform him that I no longer want the meeting with the boss. <laughs> I had to explain to him that God reminded me that I don't need the validation of people. Hey. I had to <laughs> I had to explain to him that my rule. Does not, is not based on my circumstances, but by the grace of God, which is power and authority. I had to go and, and I had to tell him that I don't need to defend. And I must say, guys, for me to come to that decision was not easy. Because, you know, people come in and, you know, most, although it's anonymous, everyone knows. You know most how it is. Everyone knows except you. So you, you walk into the department and you see people doing little chats and you know, and when you come in, the, yeah, they quiet. It was so hard for me because God expected me to be without reputation. He expected me to become invisible in Sumitra. He wanted me to, to be my normal self. It was almost like he said, you will laugh and joke and be joyous like any other day before this anonymous allegation. Guys, I'm telling you, it was difficult. But God, sure. And the words be still and know that I am God constantly came up in my spirit. Psalm 46 verse 10. The more I meditated on the verse, it became clear to me what I needed to do. So the words be still compelled me to stop talking. To stop commenting. It required me to listen. It instructed me to stop arguing and stop questioning and stop moaning. He said be still. The word no required me to stop doubting God. To be sure in His ability. It required me to have faith 
and made me realize that I had no second option because the second options are normally the ones we make outside God's plan and outside God's will. And I knew the result of that second plans because I've done them many a times before and it normally leads to chaos instead of order. The word I am reaffirmed to me who God is to me. It reaffirmed that he is God Almighty. It reaffirmed that he is God in control. It reaffirmed that he is God who loves. He is my king. He is my hope, my rock and my fortress. It reaffirmed that he was my ever-present help in my time of trouble. He continues to be my father, my shepherd, and he will lead me, he will nourish me, and protect me, and he will restore me. So the more I, I, I meditated on this, I just became so calm in my spirit. I was able to walk on the floor, choking and laughing, and, and you know, but you will see people's reaction on their faces like, are you crazy? Yeah, they probably thought, what an idiot, you know? But guys, I'd rather be a fool for God than a fool to this world. So what the Lord required was in direct contrast in how I would normally act in such instances. I was stripped off from myself. I felt weak and I knew that everyone expected me to strike back and to get even because I could you know how it is because you know how it is these things are anonymous but you know exactly who is it and and I could because I can now zoom in to what you're doing and I will find fault if I look hard enough you can you will find fault but God said to me it's not in your hands trust me in your process those were the words that he gave to me. And I shared with Nildane that week. I said, the Lord said to me, trust me in your process. And when I look back on how I reacted that day with my boss in the office, I realized it came from such a carnal place. It was just me, I, myself, like Pastor normally says, me, 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 I, 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 yes. And it came from such a carnal place. However, I say, I love a life surrendered unto God. Isn't it contrasting with the action with the word? Didn't I now pay lip service in my own life? I want to show other people that they are paying lip service, but in my own life, I'm doing it. So yes, I probably looked very crazy to the people that knew what was going on in the department. But I was just doing what God required me to do. Who keeps quiet when you are falsely accused? Who has faith when you see the cruelty of the next person aimed at you? Yes, I probably look like a failure and a complete idiot. But God compelled me to trust him. And he required me to put my words of surrender into action. I'm sure this experience is not unique to me, but some of us has faced similar challenges. 
but God wants us to know that it's, it's never about us. It's never about us, but it's about him being formed in us until he is accurately represented through us. He required me to become invisible while he's working things out in my favor. He required me to sing the praises even though I felt like I was thrown into a pit. You remember um, Paul and Silas? When they were in the prison, in a prison, they sang the praises of the Lord. And all this brought me to my message this morning. You guys thought I was done? <laughs> all this brought me to what I really want to speak on this morning. And Sister Gloria touched on it, the fear of God in my life. The fear of God has nothing to do with being anxious and nervous. Nothing to do with being concerned and restless or being unsettled or in distress. But it has everything to do how we reverence God. A submissive attitude towards God is an expression of the fear of the Lord in our lives. The fear of the Lord is not something you should be scared of to pursue because its foundation the foundation of the fear of the Lord is relational isn't it beautiful the foundation of the fear of the Lord is relational so I just want to show in scripture what the fear of the Lord means in our lives the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge Fools despise wisdom and instruction. That is Proverbs 1 verse 7. So it refers to that the fear of the Lord is the starting point of knowledge. On the contrary, the word of the Lord says that we perish because of a lack of knowledge. So do you understand why we should fear the Lord? So that we can get wisdom. So that we do not perish because of a lack of knowledge. The fear of the Lord is a fountain of life. Proverbs 14 verse 27. The fear of the Lord is a fountain of life. That one may turn away from the snares of death. So the fear of the Lord will prevent you to die. Sister Gloria, you just said it. You just said it. The fear of the Lord saved your life how many times guys it's serious it's serious yesterday we buried someone in in my department someone did reported directly to me and it made me realize more how the fear of the lord is no joke you cannot say that you love by godly standards but your doing is worldly we cannot the fear of the Lord is a fountain of life that one may turn away from the snares of death. The fear of the Lord will pull us away from our own understanding and it will cause us to acknowledge the Lord in all our ways so that he might lead our and direct our paths that will lead to the fountain of life. In the fear of the Lord, one has confidence and his children will have a refuge. Proverbs 14 verse 26. 
This is all in the Bible, guys. There's so many scriptures on the fear of the Lord. <laughs> so it's something that we should take note of. This reminded me how the Lord will never forsake us. Says, in the fear of the Lord, one has strong confidence. Okay. It, it reminded me how the Lord will never forsake us. And there's a blessing even for our children in us fearing the Lord. Because there will be a shelter, a protection, and a sanctuary for our children. A safe a refuge. The friendship of the Lord is for those who fear Him. And makes known to them His covenant. Proverbs 24 verse 15. The friendship of the Lord is for those who fear Him. And makes known to Him His covenant. So friendship, guys speaks of a relationship and that is why I said that the fear of the Lord is foundation on re it's relational its foundation is relational so this is why the fear of the Lord is relational because it will make known in other words God will reveal to us the pr fine prints of his agreement and his promises with us it says and he makes known to them his covenant Luke 1 verse 50 And his mercy is for those who fear him from generation to generation. So this speaks of how things that should have happened to us won't happen in accordance to the extent or the magnitude it was supposed to because of the mercy of, of God that is new every morning. We find yourself, yes, I'm in an accident but maybe it was the plan for you to die in the accident. But you only come out with scratches out of the accident. Because the mercy of the Lord said no. Because the mercy of the Lord uh, said no. And his mercy for those who fear him from generation to generation. The fear of the Lord leads to a life of blessing. Psalm 34, 9 to 10. Oh, fear the Lord, you his saints. For those who fear him have no lack. The young lions suffer want and hunger. But those who seek the Lord lack no good thing. Can you guys see how serious this is? Hey? And fear is really not to be scared of the Lord. But to acknowledge him in everything that we do. To love by his principles. To really love a life of surrender. To lose yourself. To become invisible before Christ. And that it must no longer be about you. But about Christ who loves in you. The fear of the Lord leads to life. And whoever has it. Rest satisfied. He will not be visited by harm. Proverbs 19 verse 23. So when you love a life. A God fearing life. You will rest in satisfaction. You will be satisfied no matter where you find yourself. Because you will know the one who are on your side. The one who is in you that is greater than the one that is in the world. The reward for humanity and the fear of the Lord is riches and honor and life. Proverbs 22 verse 4. So you guys see there is just scripture on scripture on scripture. 
about the fear of the Lord and what it is, what it's in us for us who fears him. The reward for, you, for humility and fear of the Lord is riches and honor and life. God is beautiful, eh? Fearing God speaks of our desire to be in, in a relationship with him because there is a requirement of obedience. A requirement to be invisible like Enoch so that Christ can be formed in and through us. A requirement of a life surrendered unto Christ. I give myself away. We sing that song, but do we really understand what is it that we, what is required from us? When we find ourselves in the blazing furnace, we will be confident that we won't burn because of the fear of the Lord in our lives. When we find ourselves in the prison of life, you know life can put us in prison, guys. Don't have to be in a physical prison to be in prison. The barriers in our minds that we place there for ourselves can put us in a prison. But the fear of the Lord, even in our prison, we were able to sing like Paul and Silas did. In our midnight hour, we were able to sing praises because we will realize that the spirit of praise will love the burden of heaviness. Fearing God will incline our ears to his speaking. We will know the standards of this world are not for us to own. Fearing God positions us at his feet. We sang it this morning. A place of rest. So be encouraged to fear the Lord. The fear of God has nothing to do with being anxious. It has nothing to do with being nervous, concerned, and restless, or being unsettled in our distress. But it has everything to do with how we reverence God and how we love a life of a submissive attitude towards Him. So, you know what? I shared last night so briefly what you did. You know, Pastor was preaching on, on Noah. And um, how the nakedness of Noah was not Noah being drunk, but the nakedness of his wife. And we saw it in Leviticus 18, that the nakedness of the mother is the nakedness of the father, actually. And I, I wanted to understand this. I wanted to see where all this is stemming from. So I read an article um, about a uh, genesis and genetics and um, I read something so interesting and I will tell you now how this tie up with, with what I've just shared so it speaks about our DNA and it says that our DNA determines how well it goes with us in life that's like how is that possible so um Apparently, okay, and I'm no doctor in medical what, PhD, what, what. <laughs> but I just found it so interesting and I'm still going to study it and then I will come and share properly on it. But I just want to, sh to share this. So it says that our DNA doesn't change. You know, when we are born, we have our DNA and it doesn't change. However, our DNA, the way it's picked, 
determines how life treats us, how well we do in life. And I couldn't understand how, how is it packed. So, apparently, what we feed our body, what we feed our spirit, and what we feed our minds has an impact on how our DNA is packed. And um, so the things that you surround yourself with impacts how your DNA is packed and how well it goes with you. And it made an example of the butterfly. Of how the butterfly is just what the lava, ne? you know, that ugly thingy what looks like a worm. And then afterwards, so the, the DNA of the, of the butterfly stays the same from the lava stage right up until the wings, beautiful, colorful wings. But the pecking of the DNA in the butterfly will cause that beautiful wings to come out. And it's the same for us. The pecking of our DNA will determine how well it goes with us. And um, because it is influenced by what, by what is, you know, our surroundings and what we listen to, look at, take in, um, it gives chemicals in your body. So the chemicals in your body will pack the DNA accordingly. So when you, when you feed yourself, because remember our DNA is made by our creator. So when you feed yourself with the wisdom of the Lord, it will pack your DNA. It will rearrange your DNA. It will make your DNA respond in a manner that it can go well with you. Isn't it beautiful? Hey? Isn't it beautiful? And when, when I thought of this, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Hey? The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. So when we come to a place where we really, really love a life, of surrender unto God. Our DNA was formed to react to that. We were created for that. And we don't, won't have a choice then for us so that it go well with us. People go read, read. I encourage you to read. Go look up this DNA story and see if there's any truth in it. So what sort of happens to us are caused by us. So this morning, I want to invite you to make the right choices. Kids, young boys, young girls, surround yourself with things that will pack your DNA so that it can go well with you in this life. Because that is the life that God intended for us. Amen. So, yeah, that is the end of my, my message. And I trust that it blessed you. Amen. Nels.